Today, we are discussing what is beyond a trend. It has become an evolution of the culture. It's Spider-Man. It's Deadpool. It's Kylo Ren. It's Boba Fett. It is the Mandalorian. It's Snake Eyes. It's the entirety of the Power Rangers. It's Venom. It's Carnage. What is it? It's the rise of the masked figure, the rise of the masked character. The masked figure, the, the helmeted character has dominated. It's taken over. It's altered comic books, comic book movies. They're not just villains anymore. They're heroes. They're anti-heroes. But at the end of the day, they're super popular. How did we get there? We discuss it all today on a brand new Observations. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Rob Observations. I am your host, Rob Lightfeld, the Rob in Rob Observations. I am a 37-year veteran of comic books, pop culture, film, video, all of it, uh, all of my fingers in many different comic book cartoon pop culture pies. We cook up this podcast a couple times a week where we discuss how comic books and pop culture have become inevitably one and the same. and I, I give you my perspective since I entered into this obsession, this consumption of comic books and superheroes when I was seven years old, which happens <laughs> in 1974, which seems like 100 years ago. It seems like Prairie Wagons and little Robbie going to the spinner rack is like a uh, little Laura Ingalls coming down that hill on the opening of Little House on the Prairie. At this point, you're saying, what is Little House on the Prairie? And I am even wondering why I chose to bring it up myself, but it was a popular show ran for multiple seasons in the 70s and the 80s, and it was a Western. Comic books in the 70s feel like Westerns uh, felt to me back then, kind of old school, old timey. But again, as we prepare for movies like Wakanda Forever to come out, and I've covered this a couple times recently, and characters like Namor to finally make their big screen uh, debut on, in Wakanda Forever, Prince Namor is a, is a character that is originated in 1939, and he came to huge popularity in the 60s and 70s with Marvel Comics. But look, it's, you know, 52 years past his peak prime at Marvel and, uh, and, and, and all the different titles that he had where he's now going to be greeted by a mass worldwide audience. Sometimes this stuff, it just takes time again. Namor introduced in 1939, but, but, but by the time Marvel really dug in with him and, and featured him in multiple comics. You're talking mid mid seventies, and boom! Now he's everywhere, and everyone's going to know Namor, and they're going to have they're going to have uh, discussions and opinions on Namor in in regards to the actions and the things that he does in Wakanda Forever. And oh my gosh, you know, is he a villain? Is he an antihero? Is he a good guy? So it's that kind of stuff that we chew on here, and I am obsessed with talking about. And I just thank you for listening along with me. We're going to get right into it today. This is what I would call. Not necessarily a secret, uh, maybe a secret weapon, maybe a, a piece of knowledge that, that I've stumbled into. And I've definitely given this a ton of considerable uh, research time over the last decade. I, I have really noticed this aspect of not just comic collecting, but, but the culture at large has, uh, has, has, has really sharpened into focus for me. And that aspect that we're going to talk about is, for lack of a better term or terminology, uh, is the rise of the masked 
character, the, the mystique of, of the masked character, the, the absolute popularity of characters with masks. And in most cases, I'm talking full, full face mask, full face helmets. This, you're going to go, oh, but Liefeld, of course. Well, it, it hasn't always been so. And it, it's, of course, there's been masked popular characters. The most obvious that we're going to ever discuss, that we're going to ever put forth is Spider-Man. In, in what is literally the greatest, in my opinion, greatest face mask ever designed. The big white eyes with the big thick, uh, uh, you know, uh, banding around it. And those very well-placed, tightly construed webs uh, that go off in, in all the different directions across Spider-Man's head. Spider-Man created by the costume, the visual, and, and you know, Steve Gitko will tell you much more than, than he has been credited with, but, but definitely, if it's just the costume alone, holy moly, such an influential design. Spider-Man, of course, has always been, and, and, and we've covered on uh, episodes here on the podcast, there, there's a couple called The Numbers. I love these episodes where I'm able to share with you sales figures from the 80s from the 70s, from the 60s, and, and, and you guys are able to glimpse the, the sheer volume of sales that some of these books were achieving, and not just that, but the popularity of Spider-Man, who by the mid-1970s had three to four top books, a book a week for Marvel. He had Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, which was the first spinoff. The full title was Peter Parker, comma, The Spectacular Spider-Man. Then you got... Marvel Team-Up, which was the second most popular right after Amazing Spider-Man, wedged right in between that and Peter Parker. Marvel Team-Up was a staple of my youth, and he would always be put in some just amazing team-up situations, whether he was, as we've recently covered, battling the Frankenstein's monster, or whether he was teaming up with Shang-Chi, the Master of Kung Fu, or Black Widow, or Thing, or be be in the far-flung future with a a character called Killraven from from Marvel's... uh, kind of future sci-fi vision. He was always doing cool stuff. He'd be in back, back in the Salem with witch trials with Scarlet Witch and Moon Dragon. And this is all the kind of stuff that I was experiencing when I was growing up. Spider-Man was the anchor uh, for so much of what was Marvel. The fourth book was Spidey Super Stories. So yes, it is not lost on me that the premier character of Marvel Comics is a fully face-masked hero. And he has been for so, so very long. So the, the, the most interesting aspect of this, though, is if you, if you remove Spider-Man uh, and his incredible popularity, obviously his incredible, incredible popularity, if you remove that, then what he was standing alongside was the Fantastic Four, which they had their monster, they had the thing, but they had Reed and Sue and Johnny, two, you know, I mean, th- three, you know, bare face, no masks whatsoever. Uh, we'll just call them three human faces when you move over to the x-men especially in their incarnation beast and angel wore partial face masks and cyclops had a visor gene gray professor x they had faces later on as they go further down the the masks change somewhat but they're never completely masked over on the avengers in the same time period this birth of marvel comics that really this this decade from 62 to 72 You've got the Avengers, and you've got Hercules, you've got Thor. I mean, Thor was a helmet, but you see eyes, nose, mouth, you see his whole face. He's got hair. 
Uh, you've got Scarlet Witch. She has a modified Tierra. You've got the Vision, whose face is red, but it's, you know, uh, it's a full face. You've got Captain America, who's got, again, a partial face mask. Uh, Iron Man, completely concealed. Helmet, got it. He, he is another like Spider-Man. The entire face is obscured. Later on, different characters that would come through. The Wasp, basically just the face of Janet Van Dyne is, is what you're seeing. So when you get a group sequence, a group discussion in the Avengers, as you often did, Cap is maybe talking to Thor, and over Thor's shoulder is Scarlet Witch talking to Janet Van Dyne, and, uh, and then Vision is standing there. And, and uh, but, for the, but for Iron Man, everyone's face is exposed. Eyes, nose, mouth. Yes, Cap has got his, you know, uh, mask on but you're seeing human faces talking to human faces and what that gives you is expression and i could just keep going on and on and on over at dc comics the flagship character for many years and again we have several dedicated superman uh podcasts which i go deep you know 90 minutes a shot into how ridiculously popular he is like like spider-man at the same time at the same exact time spider-man had four books with amazing spectacular team up and spidey super stories which was again i didn't say it that's more of the kid the um the the, it was the most reader friendly kid friendly entry-level book less panels per page very simpler stories almost like a coloring book but colored it was just very uh much much simpler but at the same time that spider-man had four monthly titles superman had maybe five he had action comics he had superman so superman then action comics starring superman then DC Comics Presents, which was DC's answer to Marvel Team-Up. Different characters teamed up with Superman every month. The Metal Men, uh, you, you, you had uh, whichever Green Lantern, you had The Flash, you had Captain Comet, some of these more kind of CD-less characters, but Superman was always teaming up with someone in the pages of DC Comics Presents. He was always a major figure in the Justice League, so he was part of a team component at the time where Spider-Man wasn't. and then. He had in two more books. So, 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 so Superman is literally in five to six comics at, at, at DC featured heavily on the covers because I'm, I'm going to tell you it's seven. I forgot the Super Friends was being adapted at that time. And so if you go to Superman, uh, 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 his other books were World's Finest, where he shares space with Batman. Then he had the Superman family. The Superman family was a monthly book. Which, which chronicled the adventures of Superman, Supergirl, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen. The Superman family was a, always a double-sized book, multiple stories. So you've got Super Friends, Justice League, the two team book components. DC Comics presents the team-up book. Superman, Action Comics, World's Finest, and Superman Family. You guys, that is seven, that is seven books that Superman was the face of. He carried DC Comics. And again, in these uh, sales breakdowns, Batman had fallen down in sales, Superman had risen up. Then you you realize that in the 70s, you get the news that the Superman film was being made, a big, giant Hollywood production. And I mean, that movie just dominated the marketing and, and the, the, uh, just the eyeballs in terms of attracting you to, to, to the fact that it was coming in 1978 post-Star Wars. Warner Brothers is like, we have our giant special effects extravaganza as well. And by the time Christmas 78 hits, Superman's a monster carries way into 1979. Superman, uh, and that and that stretches to Superman two, which of course you know is is hugely received and 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 uh, maybe in in some people's minds even more popular because it's the more action based version of of the Superman films. 
So you got Superman as the head of, you know, seven different titles. I mean, five of which are Superman-centric. Superman action, you know, Superman family, world's finest, and DC Comics presents are essential. Superman is 50% of each of those books. Then you throw in Superman and the Justice Super Friends and the Justice League. And the Super Friends was the adaptation of the cartoon that was on for five, six seasons. Um and was quite popular. And again, he is on the, he's front and center on all this stuff. He's got a full face. And growing up, I knew the artist that I liked drawing him the most. I've spoken of Neil Adams many times, who I believe is one of the goats, if not the goat, the greatest of all time in terms of comic book illustration, drawing, inking, rendering. Uh, the, the fact that he taught an entire generation really how to draw and render and had so many uh, acolytes and, and imitators along the way. I think Neil is, is one of the true greats. I'm still just terribly saddened by the fact that he passed away uh, quite unexpectedly and, and in all in all honesty very young in this past this past year but neil adams was a dedicated cover artist and did so many of the different covers that you saw especially the popular images of superman so superman and then you've got you know green lantern who of course has a partial lone ranger-esque face mask but still access to a nose and mouth then aquaman was all over the place and, uh, you know, you've got all these different other characters. Batman is the half-masked character. He is the partial mask, depending on how you drew him. you got part of his nose, very much his mouth expressions. And again, with all these characters, the one, you know, uniting factor is there is an express, there is the, the, uh, the application of expression. You get the shocked eyes, maybe the, the curled up nose, you get the, the gritted teeth, the shocked open mouth, you know, wonder, the smile, you know, the uh, the stern discussion face with the mouth, you know, maybe, may, maybe, you know, creasing a little bit. All of these characters, Wonder Woman was the other giant standout. And because the Linda Carter show was on, she had more more titles and more prominence and was fighting also for, for market, um, for, I'm sorry, for uh, cover prominence prominently placed on the covers of the super friends and the justice league the, the the same issues that superman was prominent on but faces 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 prior to that the icons in the cartoon and the comic book and really the pop culture industry was flash gordon full face battled a, a villain Mer ming the merciless full face tarzan full face you know buck rogers full face faces handsome square jaws you know beautiful big eyed women, big hair. These were the faces that really defined pop culture, even when you get into Star Wars. And tr st trust me, Star Wars is going to be a key to unlocking so much of what comes next. But you've got Han, Luke, and Harrison Ford all in their sweet, at least the boys who had their great surfer era hair, haircuts. And, and it's great because I love that when we go back to the early, you know, whether it's the prequels, uh, through the original trilogy and then just on the other side of it everyone kind of does still have that 70s look because that that is the you know style that was depicted in the movie as it was being shot so you got you know luke skywalker and his surfer boy hair and you've got harrison ford and his surfer boy hair and uh you know it, as time has gone on and you see cassie and andor he has kind of uh, a surfer boy wave to his hair it, it, it's fun that 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 era is portrayed in the way it is, but you've got all the posters and all the paraphernalia. And of course there's Darth Vader. Yes, I'm going to get to Darth Vader. I told you Star Wars holds the key to so much of this, but at the time, you know, to kids like myself, we, we understood the bad samurai. 
and we understood Doctor Doom from the pages of the best-selling Fantastic Four comics. And Doctor Doom didn't just stop with the Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe. He would throw down with Iron Man for issues on end. He would make Spider-Man the focus of his ire. He would battle the Avengers. Uh, Doctor Doom was traipsing all over the Marvel Universe causing problems in armored, fully masked, you know, metal, metallic masked bad guy. So when Darth Vader comes on, I, I get it. I get the dark samurai, space samurai armor and the dark, the Doctor Doom kind of uh, overtures. But for the most part, whether it was Obi-Wan, Princess Leia, you know, then you got your cool, you know, you got your Wookiee, your, your, your cool alien representation, and obviously you got your droids. But the thing is, we're still way up on the face quota. Characters were defined by their face. And guys, when I mentioned people like Neil Adams, I love seeing how he drew faces. That's why I like Neil Adams. I've told, I've told you many times that the connection that the audience makes with the artist in comic books and in animation, and in uh, this is translated to video games and toys, is the way the character's face is portrayed, the look of the character as portrayed through the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the long jaw, the lantern jaw, the square jaw, um, you know, the, 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 the visual representation of the face. When I told you about the bad boys the other day, I had a bad boys uh, podcast that you should check out. I, I, I really enjoyed sharing that you know, the fact that Marvel really cornered the market on the bad boys, the hot-tempered guys in, in comic books. And, and when you go to Luke Cage, Power Man, full face. Again, sometimes with the tiara, sometimes not, but full face, eyes, mouth, nose. Namor, eyes, mouth, nose, you know, cool widow's peak hair. And then Wolverine, who's another half-masked guy like Batman. They're the two most popular in the half-masked character, which means the nose and the mouth are given room to express. And especially with somebody like Wolverine, you've got that growl, you get snarl, the scream, the the, the roar. And uh, it's what I it's what I respond to do the most in Wolverine, but but shortly after he became super popular and we saw what he looked like under his mask, that the desire to see him without his mask became equally as as uh, as sought after because he looked cool. He had a cool, unique look with that, you know, pointy pointy hair and, and those mutton chops. And then if you get to the literal representation of, of Wolverine on film, we've only ever on film, not the cartoon, but I, I, I understand the, the films. That's what I'm specifically honing in on here. Where so many people, where the X-Men broadened their fan base. It became Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is the face. People are wondering if he's going to don the face mask for Deadpool 3. It's the most asked question I get. It's it's uh would be probably the biggest reveal that they could show you. And it's because that that through what is it seven films more he never showed he never donned his mask he was the mutton shop pointy haired pointy tipped haired Hugh Jackman and that reflects what happened in the comics as well because the Frank Miller seminal Wolverine which again I I I would uh, encourage you year number one of this podcast in season number one there's a the Wolverine episode I I highly recommend you listen to it it will it will tell you all of the different uh, other pop culture events that were going on that time, best-selling novels, miniseries that, that the authors in Chris Claremont and Frank Miller poured into their depiction, which only added a Wolverine's popularity. But every single cover of the Wolverine miniseries, he does not have his mask on. It is the Logan face. It is, it, if, if they were to recreate it with them, with, with Hugh Jackman, it would be simple. I mean, he, it, very simple images, <clears throat> many of which uh, depictions we've already seen Hugh portray. 
Now, obviously, the, the very popular X-Men animated cartoon reflected more of the comic books, which showed you the fully masked Wolverine. But even at that time, the new X-Men, you had Banshee, you had Nightcrawler, you had Storm, and you had Colossus. Whether, whether Peter was chromed up or not, he had a full face, the, the range of emotion, the nose, the eyes, the mouth, Banshee, and, uh, you know, Angel hung around for a while, Cyclops just with the visor, Storm, beautiful face, Jean Grey, full face, eyes, nose, mouth, the full, you know, drawing a pretty face, an attractive face is what made most of these artists' careers, and that is Dave Cockerman, John Byrne, and Neil Adams, and George Perez, and Jim Starlin, and Howard Chaikin, and Mike Grell. And Keith Giffen and so many, so on and so forth. And it inspired my peer group. And when we came up in the 90s, we were like, yeah, we'll show you how badass we can draw the faces too. We can draw the good Wolverines. We can draw the good Cyclops. We can draw the good Supermans. Uh, we, we wanted to show you we could do really cool faces. An artist that I have also done dedicated podcasts on, uh, Arthur Adams, drew beautiful faces. And his character that introduced him really to the world and made him so popular in that incredible 1985 stretch release of his work that had been kind of uh, stagnated over time in, in, in the fact that he was slow, stagnated in its release. It just kept piling up and we didn't see it. But those of us on the convention circle, we were able to see Arthur Adams' work and how brilliant and beautiful and handsome everyone looked. And we wanted that in the page so bad. And then finally, after drawing it for several years in the mid-80s, they released all of it in late 85 and it ran through uh, the end of 85. And, and, and at that time, he then picked up the New Mutants and X-Men assignments for two different annuals. And the New Mutants, nobody had a mask. Doug, full face mask. Sam Guthrie, full, full I mean, sorry. Doug, full face. Sam Guthrie, full face. Roberto, full face. Uh, Rain, full face. Karma, full face. Daniel Moonstar, full face. I mean, art went to town drawing these beautiful people with their, you know, we generally draw tiny noses. Um, the lips changed depending, depicting on the... Uh, the 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 age and the sensuality of the of of the female figures and the male and the male faces I mean male faces and female faces um and uh you know the, the bigger the anime eyes and John Byrne kind of did that and that's one of the things I liked about him is women all looked like they stepped out of some of the anime that I grew up watching with the uh, Battle of the Planets and again also in anime sometimes the lips were more uh, big uh, and especially when you're drawing it, it, the a lot of the lips, like on Jean Grey and, and Storm, on Aurora, the more adult, the fuller the lip. I mean, now, you know, all these comic book characters inspired all these ladies in Beverly Hills getting their lips done and getting them, you know, fully, you know, duck-mouthed. But that kind of stuff was going on in comics. Whereas Kitty Pride, being younger, she'd have a small, smaller, you know, not yet uh, woman pucker on her face. Men, stubble. Different levels of stubble on their on their on their face again, depicting uh, their their different age. Again, the 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 narrow chin, the the lantern jaws, which which so many different characters from Green Lantern to Cyclops to 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 Superman had the lantern jaw. Faces, faces, faces. This was Longshot, the the the, the character that I was speaking of, that Art Adams uh, depicted, a handsome guy with a cool mullet, took comic books by storm, full face man. I mean. <laughs> Fully rendered expressive face, no face mask. And he, and he battled some kind of creatures. Um, but even his, his crazy nemesis mojo had a maniacal face, eyes, nose, mouth, full, full representation of face and expression. When I introduced Cable, 
It was all about the gruff, cool-looking face of a war-torn super soldier. And Cable was really the ticket that I rode to greater success. And that's why I depicted him so heavily on so many different car- uh, so many different covers. And he became the focal point of the book, which I then was rewarded with, uh, you know, the ability to write the book. And, and of course, this brings us back to Spider-Man, because if I don't have Todd McFarlane taunting me how easy and cool it is to draw Spider-Man, I don't pursue the same road in The New Mutants by bringing myself a Spider-Man-esque character, a fully face-masked character like Spider-Man that I call and create and introduce named Deadpool. So we've, we've talked many times, and, and you know the best thing that I can tell you when you ask me about the Deadpool influences, to kick off Deadpool's 30th anniversary, the January of 2021, I covered five different weeks, five different or five, five different podcasts. The uh, making of Deadpool part one, two, three, four, and five. I highly recommend you read the, uh, listen to those. If, if at the end of the day, they don't entertain you, I, I must've done something terribly wrong. People have listened to them and said, wow, I learned so much because I carry you through the, in, the incarnation of Deadpool, uh, the execution of Deadpool in the comic book page, how he became in demand, spun off in comics, the sales, then toys and video games, cartoons, and eventually now, you know, movies. But uh, I walk with you through all of it. But 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 Deadpool was me trying to trade on Steve Ditko's fabulous, fully masked, you know, design. He had the big giant white spaces with the big black banding around him, around the eyes. I decided, well, I could do that big white space and just fill it in, make it black, and put small, you know, small little eye dots, and then remove the, uh, remove the. Uh, webbing entirely and and you've got just the the plain red and and you know spider-man's red and blue deadpool's red and black took you all the way to the races so this is me embracing the full mask and of course i've told you how the the uh the response to deadpool was off the chain it was huge do i believe a lot of that is his visual representation i do because spider-man was blowing up at the time under the pen of todd mcfarlane and then um alongside of him eric larson and the other fully face mask character that is blowing up during that time is the now, uh, you know, fully villainized symbiote costume that was introduced in the Secret Wars, but then went on to have its own life called Venom. And between Todd's wicked depiction of that, uh, you know, menacing grin and that big giant jaw and all those sharp teeth and, and the, the, the big giant kind of twisted, kind of crackly, uh, menacing, more angled version of Spider-Man's eye, Venom just blew up. People loved Venom. And so you've got Venom, you've got Deadpool. They're taking off, they're blowing up. But it hadn't really, uh, again, kind of opened the door, even though, and I got to go back to Star Wars, another influence on on Deadpool, and, and again, you'll you'll hear it in those episodes, but possibly, maybe, the biggest mass character of them all and 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 it's it's great in the in the documentary that they have on Disney Plus. And yes, I'm not telling you the character yet, but you kind of know. It's, it, if if you know, you know. I'm about to nail it. But uh, in the documentary, the guy goes, "If you had told me that a character that got less than seven minutes screen time in two movies would become one of our most popular characters, and we'd still be talking about him today, I mean, I, 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 I'd be, I'm still shocked. I mean, I'm in shock. I just didn't see it coming. And that is the character of Boba Fett. 
Boba Fett introduced as kind of a next level. At one point, I think he was going to be a, a version of a stormtrooper armor, but he electrified the youth of the day. And I know this because I was the youth of the day. I've, sh- I've shared with you, you know, 10-year-old Robbie Liefeld freaked out. I freaked out when I saw Boba Fett in the Star Wars holiday special. You can yip yammer and make fun of that thing uh, till you're blue in the face. But his arrival in that animated uh, special just w- w- just absolutely blew our minds. Absolutely blew our minds as kids. And he, I mean, he floats in on a brontosaurus and he's holding like this weird magnetic uh, rod. And, and he's talking menacingly, but he has a kick-ass, full, kind of circular on top, angular, down in the jawline. And then that sweet kind of medieval, uh, uh, you know, visor, and then split down the, the, the lower three-quarter part of his mask. Boba Fett was an instant hit. Boom, visually. Didn't know anything about him. Didn't know who he was. Heard his name. Saw his visual. Uh, saw that he took down Han and 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 Leia and Luke in, in a conflict on board Millennium Falcon and was able to subdue them and then fly away in his jetpack. I was all in. I had to get those proof of purchase from other Star Wars figures and mail them in in order to get you know my 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 mail in Boba Fett and I'm so excited that I was part of that. I've shared with you guys in the past how I came home every day for weeks on end, six weeks, eight weeks, waiting for my Boba Fett to be delivered. And one day when that little tiny, it was like a toothpaste tube, white toothpaste tube, just with an address on it. And then wrapped in plastic, there was my Boba Fett figure. And I could not have been more. I ran inside. I I broke out my other Star Wars figures and I was immediately off to the races with Boba Fett. He was now uh, far and away my favorite. He hadn't even appeared on screen, you know, in the movies yet. And I've shared with you how an entire generation was like, wait a second, why is he in these movies so little? And why does he, why does he not do more? And, uh, you know, while Empire showed off how smart he was in tracking Han all the way to Bestman, we wanted more. We wanted some killer stuff. We got a couple of good shots of him firing, you know, his rifle. But he looked great. Those those low angle shots, you know, you know, worm's eye view, up up shots of his, of his, of his armor and the angles of that chin and the, and the side views. I mean, come on. Boba Fett took us by storm. Then we, we were hoping we were going to get the giant conflict in Return of the Jedi. And of course, when the camera pans over in Jabba's palace and you see him kind of nod and we see him and we're just, oh, we're excited. But then he, as I've always said, dies like a little bitch in Return of the Jedi when, you know, just humiliating. A character that we had built up for years, for, for the better part of six years and our anticipation to see Boba Fett kicks out, kick ass, gets unceremoniously basically tripped stumbles into the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. But boy, oh boy, there were others like me. I'm looking at you, John Favreau. I'm looking at you, Dave Filoni, because we got obviously Jango Fett in the sequels and then the unlock the entire Mandalorian legacy, which leads us to the unbelievable success of the Mandalorian, which leads us to bring back, holy crap, we got a Boba Fett show. Now, you can argue the quality of these shows till you're, to, 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 again, my, my favorite phrase, till you're blue in the face. Uh, or my other favorite, till the cows come home, um, which shows, again, my little house on the prairie background. But the Mandalorian armor, the Mandalorian armor, the absolute representation of everything Boba Fett, Jango Fett, is is nothing to uh to, to mess with in regards to its impact. It is the, the the impact of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian armor uh is just uh just severe. 
I mean, suddenly when the Clone Wars cartoon's on and my, I see through my son's eyes, who is now, you know, 9, 10, 11 during this time, and he's flipping out. He can't believe it. He's like, oh my gosh. And he's, you know, glued to the Mandalorian, uh, uh, you know, storylines that they were unfolding on, on the Clone Wars. And again, last Christmas, we sit, we watch the, the Book of Boba Fett together. And he's just like, I can't believe I'm watching these these uh, characters come to life. And, and, and uh, you know, Katie Sackhoff uh, as Bo-Katan in, 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 in real life. And you're like, Mandalorians. And then the, the, the trailer for the new season when all the Mandalorians are on that craft and they're airdropped and we see them all drop out and then they fire up their backpacks. Well, Boba Fett was the seminal... Uh, masked character that riveted an entire generation. That generation has gone on in many ways to be creators, comic book artists, comic book writers, uh, animators, uh, set designers, costume designers, directors, producers. And so the Star Wars aspect of what I'm talking about with the expansion of the masked hero is severe because the conclusion, I'm just going to tell you right now, we've been overtaken by the masks. It is the 32-minute mark of this podcast. And I'm just going to tell you the conclusion is Without any doubt, the masked hero has dominated over the last 10 years. And, and, and we've touched on Boba Fett. We've touched on, touched on Jango Fett. Obviously, the in, immense popularity of the Mandalorian, the lead Mandalorian character himself. Deadpool's rejuvenation. Venom's incredible, you know, skyrocketing popularity. Well, then who, who else comes from the symbiote world? Carnage. And all the other symbiotes, because there's so many of them now. And they all have either full face masks or they're monstrous, monster masks. But if you were buy, if you were gonna buy them and put your on put the busts on your shelf like I have, I mean you're you're seeing menacing mask looking characters. Can I buy a venom mask? Can I put it on? I can't. So therefore it is kind of a mask. It's a creature mask. It's the same way that werewolf by night or a wolfman or Frankenstein are creature masks, but I can still put them on and they're masks. So Darth Vader, kind of obviously the face of the menace of the Star Wars galaxy, has his dedicated helmet. This then gives us Boba Fett, and we never look back. The Mandalorians go on to, in the last since 2000, what is it, 2002, uh, with, uh, with Attack of the Clones and the return of the Boba Fett armor in the face of his father, Jango Fett, with the blue silver tint. We, are, we, we, we have been a 20 year uh, you know, resurgence of the Boba Fett. Mandalorian armor and its popularity. But it doesn't stop there. Because then you go, who is the character that everyone loved in the recent, very controversial, but but nonetheless extremely popular Star Wars, you know, the J.J. Abrams trilogies, because he did the first and last, right? Is Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren's got a mask. It's a mod it's a modification. It's it's kind of a semi-nod to Darth Vader, but he's on all the posters. He's the bad guy. At the end of the day, we're rooting for him. Is he gonna? Is he gonna turn? Is he gonna become the hero that we think he might be inside? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren has a cool mask when he sports it in the first and third movies. We totally dig it. He's a little without it in in the second film, but you know he's got his cool mask, Kylo Ren. But we are we are just getting getting started here because again during this time, and I'm gonna tell you this is when I I uh, this is when it really hit me. In 2019, I did a uh, a series called Major X, and Major X featured a fully helmeted character. And this fully helmeted character is pretty much in every single panel of every single page that carries throughout the entirety of the uh, five plus, no, six plus 
a zero issue, seven issues. Major X sold out a character no one else had ever heard of that Major X sold out every single issue. We went back to press one, two, three printings. Uh, it, we had to expand it with a zero issue because the first issue was selling out and doing so well. And I was able to introduce you to Command X, which had, you know, Colonel X and General X and Captain X. And you, and you met uh, all the others besides the Major. And uh, upon the release of the first issue, I was inundated on social media with all sorts of drawings from six-year-olds, from eight-year-olds, from 10-year-olds, from 13-year-olds, from 16-year-olds, from 20-year-olds, middle-aged guys, all giving me fan art, never been submitted so much fan art. And again, this is unlocking also the secret of the mask. And I discovered this during the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which isn't a mask, but when I was after school, uh, I'm sorry, not my after school, when I was beginning my art drawing comic books, my career in art and getting paid as a living, a uh, friend of our family asked me to teach after-school classes. That's where you get the after-school part. Uh, after-school classes at two different schools where I would teach uh, just basic drawing in the afternoon for, for free. It, would not, it was not a job. It was, it was kind of giving back to the community. And it was a art course after school with uh, equal parts young boys and girls and we i i had a simple curriculum curriculum it they were 10 10 week uh classes this is like right you know early 90s and i was happy to you know go to local schools here in orange county two different schools and entertain those kids and show them how to manipulate basic shapes and create from basic shapes in the same way that i did when i bought my basic cartooning classes I mean, my, my basic cartooning books growing up, the Walt Disney, you know, draw Goofy, draw Mickey, draw Donald Duck, later draw Garfield, draw Heathcliff, and it's these manipulation of, of shapes. And once you, you can unlock, wait, so Garfield's face and Heathcliff, two different cat characters you may or may not know about. We can do the same thing with Mickey Mouse, you know, so the eyes are ovals on top of a giant oval, and then the nose is an oval on top of a snout, which is an oval, and then you do partial ovals of the ear, and then, wow, you've made it. You've con- it's a construction of shapes of spheres and squares well kids were drawing the turtles at the time and they were really excited to draw them because there's nothing more satisfying than than being able to draw something you like and being able to reasonably portray that which you covet that which you desire which is you know you're digging donatello leonardo michelangelo well kids would draw an oval just like you could draw an oval right now and then put a stripe across that oval and then draw two more ovals and you've just drawn a turtle if you if you color that stripe red, leaving space for the open ovals that you put, which are the eyes, and then the rest of the oval that on top and below of the stripe, green, and, and maybe, maybe draw a mouth in there, another circle in there, and you've drawn a turtle. I've seen this. I saw this. People were drawing the turtles. They were drawing lots of mutant ninja turtles, and I could see the triumph in kids' face, they'd be like, I can draw the turtles. And they'd show you like, and you're like, I knew immediately. I knew immediately what they had drawn. In the summer of 1990, 1991, the fall of 1991, I see these kids drawing the turtles. That's when the turtle mania was blown up. And kids, again, a simple oval, the stripe, the oval within the stripe, maybe a line for the mouth. You don't even do, I have to, I have to do a circle, just another line. And if you want to do crazy stripes in the back of the head to, to, to delineate the, the, the rest of the, the headband, the, the, Blowing in the wind, you know, but you've drawn a turtle. You've drawn the face of a turtle and you're so satisfied. Same thing, Spider-Man. Draw that oval, draw those big eyes, fill it in red, maybe do some webs. Boom. Masked heroes. 
the first and foremost thing is they're easy to duplicate. The Major X helmet was easy to duplicate. You drew basically a bucket. You drew the big X across it. You put some of the wings on the head. Boom, you've drawn Major X. You didn't have to navigate balancing the eyes, uh, you know, uh, making sure that the nose is too big, too small, the placement of the mouth. Again, let's go back to Todd McFarlane. <clears throat> when I'm drawing new mutants. Oh, bud, bud, I, I, I know what you're doing. I, I just finished a page of Spider-Man. It was, it was a big splash page, a big oval, a big spidey face. Uh, t- t- today, that, that was today's work. A, a big Spider-Man, and I got the big eyes, the big white eyes, and I put the webs in. I was done before lunch, and I, I called it a day. And Robbie, I know you're there. You're, you're drawing the new mutants, and, 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 and you're balancing the eyes. Are they crooked? Are they too close together? And the eyebrows, and the noses, and the mouth, and the teeth, and the stubble. And you're drawing all the different hair, the girl's hair, the guy's hair. Oh, must be tough, tiring. I'm done. I'm done for the day. That was the taunt of a man who knew that he had struck gold in being able to draw Spider-Man each and every month. And did he draw the coolest Spider-Man ever? Let's go on on record. He's he's one of. He's one of the coolest Spider-Mans ever. It's hard for anybody to leap Steve Ditko, but many of you don't know who Steve Ditko is. So Todd is your guy. For me, again, I work in uh, Eric Larson, Gil Kane, uh, you know, uh, you can listen. I've got my Spider-Man, my, my greatest Spider-Man artist, the, the five greatest Spider-Man artists. That, that, that's a dedicated podcast I did. But so much of it is the simplicity of being able to turn it off. You don't have to draw a Spider-Man as good as Todd McFarlane to feel good about yourself. You don't have to draw a Spider-Man as good as Steve Ditko to feel good about yourself. You certainly didn't need to draw a, a Major X as cool as I did or Wolf's Protasio did to feel good about yourself. It was immediate. It was just, I mean, completely being submitted. Now, during this time of Major X, let me pivot. Boom Studios was bringing back the Power Rangers. What do the Power Rangers have? They all wear full face masks. Yeah, they got that built-in, you know, chin, but they all wear full face masks. They're pink, they're green, they're white, they're blue, they're yellow, but they're full face masks with visors. And Boom Studios, upon re-releasing the Power Rangers, uh, did some very uh, got, got some artists to to um, what I call take a very Alex Ross approach to the covers. They were very realistic, uh, very watercolor texture, very much like early Alex Ross. Tight shots of the helmets of the, of the, of the mask. Some of you guys remember these. And when you go to your store and you'd see them, especially all five or six of them on the shelf, and you had the pink cover the pink mask cover the yellow the blue the green and it's pretty impressive and it looked like oh it was very it was like this really tight tight crop of the face and so you were able to buy each one boom studios sold a ton of power rangers and reminded us reminded us how much we loved that generation loved the power rangers in the mid 90s when it was the number one show period animated live action you know full stop it just got all the eyeballs and literally had so many spinoffs and so many seasons and had big feature film movies and has such an adoring, uh, uh, you know, the, the fan base is insane. I've been at the shows. I, I, I've seen Jason David Frank and how people just go nuts for him. And, you know, yes, they took their masks off and you were able to enjoy, you know, Amy Joe and Jason David Frank and, 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 and get to know them. But so much of the merchandising did not have their licenses. The, the toys that you bought, so much of the statues, the toys, the paraphernalia was them in their full masks, their full helmets. So again, full face mask, helmets, same thing. So 
Already, we got Darth Vader, Boba Fett, Jango Fett, The Mandalorian, Kylo Ren, boom, at least five, way more. Stormtroopers, got it. Death Troopers, got it. Keep going. Okay, multi, multiple entries from the Star Wars universe. Marvel, we've got, you know, Spider-Man, King of the Masked Hero, King of the Masked Hero. But at a time, in the early, you know, days of Marvel, and again, when, when Marvel went and spun off, Spider-Woman didn't have her mask, a full face mask. Spider-Woman, you could see her eyes, her, her big, she had the big white eyes. But you got nose and the lips and, and, and the, the tiny chin and the big flowing hair. Ms. Marvel, the spinoff of Captain Marvel, uh, who, who's being obviously uh, Carol Danvers being portrayed by Brie Larson. You know, eyes, nose, mouth. You got She-Hulk with a face, you know, but green, pretty girl, big giant green girl. The, the, the Hulk literally had his own face. The Fantastic Four, three of them had faces. One of them was a monstrous guy. And, and by, by, you know, again, the most popular guy for most people was the thing, the monstrous guy. But again, look at the Avengers, look at, look at, look at the Fantastic Four, look at the Defenders. The Defenders was Hulk, Matt, you know, the Hulk had a face, Namor, full face, Doctor Strange, full face, uh, uh, you know, Silver Surfer, full face, full face. Uh, they, had, they added a female character, Valkyrie early on, full face. You know, the masked hero did not suddenly hit its nadir, hit its apex until this period I'm talking about right now. And we are in a resurgence because at the time I'm doing Major X, Boom Studios is putting out the Power Rangers, and it's number one for them. And in some cases, it's number one in the comics industry. And then you're, you're starting to get the licensing and you go to like a booth, like the the, the different uh, sideshow displays that they put up at New York Con, LA Comic Con, the, the, the monstrous display that they put forth at San Diego Comic Con. And you're going around and you're going, okay, there's a bunch of Power Rangers over here. There's Venoms, there's Carnage, there's Deadpool, there's Lady Deadpool. You know, there, there's there's there's... There's Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Jango Fett, Darth Vader, Kylo Ren. I mean, we are swimming in masked characters. And, and they're not just doing well. They are at the top. Venom, during the same time of the Power Rangers and Major X, is exploding. That People want Venom. He becomes more popular than Spider-Man in sales. And again, you got Miles Morales. They roll out in the 2000s another rendition, another version of the Spider-Man costume. Right now, this morning, as I come to you, as I bring you this podcast, I saw an ad for holiday deals, Target, on my screen during Good Morning America, three Spider-Man, a three-pack. You know, it's his classic, the red and blue. It was a uh, the, 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 the Black Secret Wars cover uh, costume and then another. But three Spider-Man, three different Spider-Man variation. Spider-Man is back. He's huge. And what really unlocked that is Into the Spider-Verse which gave us Miles Morales and opened up all the different spiders. I mean, you've got Spider-Gwen, you've got all the Peter Porker. Spider-Man was really unlocked again. You can say the Tom Holland stuff, but the box office for the first two Tom Holland movies was not uh, caring, especially the first one was, was surprisingly not as potent as they thought. But then they expanded it. And, and even though it didn't have the box office numbers, Into the Spider-Verse had excitement. It had enthusiasm and it translated and it popped and it worked and there's no looking back and look i'll just get to where i think this is all going i know it got delayed a year but if you want to ask me what the best uh face mask fully face mask character that ever lived for my opinion for my in in, in my humble opinion is spider-man 2099 and when i saw that they were putting him into the sequel to into the spider-verse when you see and if you haven't and if you aren't familiar with spider-man 2099 it is the best iteration in my opinion of spider-man the best advancement of that design and just the best masked character ever there is a uh hot toys 
Spider-Man 2099 that I've been wait, waiting to pull the trigger on. And I think that's my Christmas gift to myself. I'm going to have to have it. I'm going to have to have the Spider-Man 2099. That version of that mask is amazing. You know, in the middle of uh, when I had my own studios, Extreme Studios, and again, what, what did it have? A lot, a, lot of, a lot of people with faces. Brigade, a lot of people with faces. But again, in Youngblood, some, somebody's favorite, many of your favorite character on Youngblood was Die Hard, who was another a, rent, a, attempt at a Deadpool style. Except he had just a giant stripe and then the tiny eyes on each, t- each, each side of the stripe. Die Hard is extremely popular. We did many variations on Die Hard, but... You know, again, I've got Prophet, I've got Glory, I've got Battlestone. They were all surging. In the middle of Bloodstrike, I wanted to streamline it. And a couple of years into the Bloodstrike series, I gave Bloodstrike a, just a full red face mask again. I, I, I decided to go and, and double down, put my chips in more fully masked characters. And it popped. And the fully masked Bloodstrike is just as popular as the entire other five members of the team, you know, wrapped up in one. The secret of the face mask, again, when you look at and you go Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Jango Fett, you know, and you're starting to think, you know, Power Rangers and Spider-Man and Deadpool. Think of that period of time, especially from 2016 to 2020, the, the, the fully masked characters. Now, you got the half mask, the partial mask characters, Batman, Wolverine, they've always been popular. But I am talking full face mask. You know what? If um, Batman Beyond wandered onto the big screen, he'd blow up in, in, in 10 seconds flat. Because that is one kick, just kick-ass rendition of Batman. Again, maybe my favorite. When Batman Beyond came on, uh, when Batman yeah, when Batman Beyond debuted, that was appointment television for me on Saturday mornings in the 90s. I would make sure I was not missing it. I loved this interpretation, the sleeker, you know, the anti-cape. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, I'm looking at him right now. I have a maquette of Batman Beyond on the shelf that I stare at every day. There's a giant Deadpool bank. There's a Jack Kirby Orion figure. And then there is the the Batman Beyond maquette. And I stare at it every day and I dig it. But when you are thinking about what is popping, uh, you know, in the culture and, and, and you, you, you realize how ridiculously popular the resurgence, it's been five years for the Power Rangers. And, and that gives you five, six, 10, 12, especially when you go to all the different variations of the masked uh, you know, the masked helmeted team. And then you line it up against the seven, eight different Star Wars versions that I've given you. And we can get, you know, we can get into the different Jedis with face masks and, and, and we can continue and go on, so on, so forth. But you get the picture. You're not going to really outrun the success of Boba Fett and, and, and the extensions of him in Django and Mandalorian. And again, then the obvious Kylo Ren, Darth Vader. But then you've got Spider-Man. You've got Spider-Man 2099, who is going to hit like a ton of bricks. Uh, I know that creative team had booked all the conventions because they thought that the, the movie was going to come out in its original uh, release platform. And then it got bumped a year. They're going to get back on the circuit and do huge next year because Spider-Man 29 is going to electrify the youth. There's a certain amount of kids who, as I'm telling you, have, don't even know he exists. Maybe they've seen the trailer. Maybe they haven't. But they haven't focused you know, if, if there was a five-year-old that saw that trailer a year ago, he's going to be seven or he was six and he's going to be eight. You get the picture when he depict, when he encounters Miles Morales teaming up with Spider-Man 2099. And I just believe that is one of the most ingenious, brilliant, cool looking. Now, why? Why have we pivoted to the masked characters, the helmeted characters? It, it, it comes down to one thing. They just look cool. They just look cool. 
in a sea of faces. And again, Todd was right. You're balancing that eye. You want to make sure that the right eye doesn't droop below the left eye. You know, you want to make sure that nose is exactly how you want it to be big, small, and different. You want that mouth, that grimace, that growl. But like I said, they, they for the most part, Wolverine's a, a 50-50 jump ball now. He sometimes has his mask on, sometimes he doesn't. And certainly in the in, in the film, you know, representation, he doesn't have a mask at all. So, so you know, Wolverine, as far as a film cinematic character, doesn't have one. And what was so important when the Sam Raimi film came came out was how they would depict, you know, Spider-Man's mask. And what was what was important when uh, Deadpool was coming together was, and especially when they put those green dots and Tim Miller and his amazing blur FX, uh, just his his company, which does the most amazing, you know, digital animation and and and, and digital effects. They got a hold of that mask and they made those eyes react and move. And that is so much of what the original Deadpool traded on and people didn't see coming the expression. They added expression with the eyes, but that's all you get. All you get is the eyes. Otherwise you're obscured. I was shocked, quite frankly, given, you know, how handsome Ryan Reynolds is that in the second movie, uh, through flashbacks, they didn't feature more of him. You either got, you know, pizza face, Wade Wilson, or you got an abundance of fully masked, uh, fully masked Deadpool and you know into the Spider-Verse the Spider-Man movies uh the Deadpool films the the, the they remade it didn't do great but the Power Rangers movie was was a big budget release you have the resurgence of all of the Star Wars stuff the helmeted stuff just looks cool helmets face masks venom carnage these uh the, the, the these these characters have taken over they've taken they're the top sellers it's not it's not Thor anymore. It's not Doctor Strange in the comic book page and on the toy shelves. You want to know why the two most uh, Spider Spider Man comes number two in terms of Funko Pops to Deadpool. Deadpool has had actually even by ten, it's like a, a ten person lead. But when you think that he's going up against you know all the many decades of Spider Man, it's it's Spider Man and Deadpool are the most produced Marvel Funko Pops. It's not even close. They can get into Iron Man. Of course, Iron Man took off in live action in a way that I've covered here. He didn't in the comic book page, but Iron Man certainly fits into this. I, I, I obviously skipped over him, but uh, because he hasn't had the double, he hasn't had the double sword of of being the popular toy, comic, and movie. But as, as a movie, he's ridiculously popular, ridiculously popular. And 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 do not think that I would end this. Again, Spider Man, Deadpool, the two most popular. Uh, Marvel Funko Pops, and with good reason, they just look cool. We like the mask character. We like that. They can be sinister. They can be bewildered and funny. There is a range of expression you can do just with the eyes. But for the most part, I'm just going to fall on whatever angle you shoot these at. They look cool. And then what's what? What I say? You can draw them. You can draw a bucket and make it Boba Fett. A bucket and make it Madrex. A bucket and make it Kylo Ren. Guys, who's the most popular uh, GI Joe character? You guessed it, Snake Eyes, the guy who has no face. He has been the most popular G.I. Joe character since they rebooted it in the Reagan era in 1982. And Snake Eyes, whether it was goggles or visor. And I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest, it's one of the main reasons they had been asking me to do Snake Eyes for years. And on the heels of the success of Major X, I decided I'm going to keep this mask, this full face mask thing going. This is the time. This is the time to say yes. And so I pivoted away from any other plans I had, embraced IDW and Hasbro's invitation to do Snake Eyes because I knew, I knew he could capitalize on that, capitalize on that moment in time. So again, let's do this together. You got Spider-Man, you got Venom, you got Carnage, you got Deadpool. Okay, 
you, you, you got Boba Fett, you got Jango Fett, you got Kylo Ren, you got the Mandalorian, you got Darth Vader, you got the Power Rangers, you got Snake Eyes, okay? Think of everything I just took. Think about if I put all of them on, they'd cover two to three shelves in and of themselves, and they're all fully masked characters, and you're probably screaming out somebody that I didn't give you at this point because you didn't think I was going to get the Snake Eyes, but I did. But Snake Eyes, I've got... Multiple action figures, multiple Funko Pops of Snake Eyes as well. Snake Eyes was such a pleasure to draw and get. And you, if you angle that visor right and that cut of that jaw and that angle down shot on the face or that up shot, um, or just straight on coming at you, he looks so unique and cool. And again, who is the most popular? Who's the most popular of all the GI Joes? It's never ever even been close. It is Snake Eyes and or. Storm Shadow, who just has his eyes coming through. Another full face mask. So, score another touchdown for the full face masks. This is no longer my, my secret weapon. I can't, you know, hide this and deploy this on my own anymore. Of Iron Man, of course, forgot him on the shelf again. And all his myriad armor. If they, as they look to do War Machine, and they do the armor wars, and they expand the armors, again, you're going to just see more of a doubling down. You'll see more Iron Mans. <laughs> Uh, at the sideshow booth alongside more Venoms and Carnages and Deadpools and Mandalorians and Boba Fetts and Darth Vaders and Kylo Rens and Power Rangers. You get the picture? The guy with the face, the guy with the expressive, handsome face, the lantern jaw, the wavy hair, he's gone. He's done. It's over. We are in the time of the masked heroes and it's about time we just admitted it. We've already embraced it, but now it's just time to. So so running the risk of being Captain Obvious today, I pointed you in all the right directions of exactly where the culture is. We love our masked heroes. Gone are the days of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and Tarzan and Prince Valiant and uh, you know Dick Tracy and the characters that dominated the culture with their faces and maybe sometimes hats like Lone Ranger and Dick Tracy had hats. We are in the era. I mean, even Cable, poor Cable's trying to, you know, punch up and stay in the game. And, and I try to make that face as interesting as possible. I can just tell you, guilty as charged, scar on one side, you know, blink on the other. No, Mr. Jim, I didn't do it wrong. I did it exactly how I was supposed to. The scar has a story and the blinking eye has a story. And that's exactly how it played out. Cable is, is trying to punch up and, and hang in the game while the masked guys have run away with the culture. They've run away with the culture. I'm looking at a C. Of statues, uh, maquettes, pops, uh, uh, bobbleheads, all of the characters that I have told you about today. I've kept this one in my hip pocket. I, I, I didn't share it until this time. But there you have it. You know, uh, the masks have won. They have taken the day. And, and, and they look cool. And they're easy to draw. And easy to draw, especially for kids, uh, makes that connection. Once you've drawn Donatello or Michelangelo or Boba Fett, or Jango Fett, or Deadpool, or Venom, um, or Spider-Man, to me, the the top. He's the top. He's the number one. That Steve Ditko uh, creation, I can say it with confidence because I stole it. I stole aspects of it to make my own. Uh, have, have just absolutely, positively dominated. Masked characters can be easily duplicated by kids. They draw them. They feel good about drawing them because they're simple, because they are shape-based. And again, kids will get discouraged when the eyes get screwed up and the nose isn't coming out right and the, the face they saw in their head isn't the one that they wanted on, on the page. And just like in basketball, when you're missing your shots and all it, all it takes is for you to get fouled and get to the free throw line and see the ball go in the hoop, sometimes that kid goes, ah, I'm not going to draw that anymore. I'm just going to draw something simple. I'm going to draw a Mickey Mouse. I'm going to draw a Donatello. I'm going to draw a Deadpool. I'm going to draw, you know, 
a Django Fett. And then the confidence comes back. Oh, I nailed it. I nailed it. I got it. I got it. Well done. Yep, this is a secret. Maybe it's not a secret. Maybe you're sitting in your comic store right now going, uh, is, is Liefeld now, do we, do we call himself Captain Obvious Zervations? Um, no Captain Obvious Zervations here. I just wanted to point you towards a trend. Uh, we are deep in this trend. We are living this trend. This is uh, the way it has gone for the last five, six years. This is the way I expect it to go, to continue to go. Cool masks, uh, cool, cool helmets. They are. Uh, they show no signs of relenting, and and they are exactly where the culture has put them. They're on top. I, I'm not certain of of of, of you all, but uh, I, I can't wait to end this podcast and go get all my uh, masked action figures off the shelf and kind of stage a, a a little battle. Especially given that I have that kick-ass giant three foot tall Galactus. Uh, doll yes doll toy doll toy doll uh in in, in my in my room and and, and uh, again i mean the guy has the most kick-ass he's got an, he's got eyes nose and mouth but that that helmet is is one for the books but yeah i'm gonna get all my mass characters because i'm gonna tell you you know they made a red snake eyes uh and it's it's in a, a box called snake eyes dead game which which you know where we heavily featured him in red and uh on my floor, the red snake eyes stands next to Venompool, who I failed, come on, to mention. We, we combined Deadpool and Venom, made for Venompool, and, and then Deadpool, and, and, uh, and my snake eyes, and, I, and, and, you know, they'll get wiped out if I played by the real rules, but they'll look cool battling Galactus, because it looks cool. Okay, you know what else is cool? When you guys leave me awesome reviews, and I am so grateful for you. Once again, I have to say, when you leave reviews for the show, I read them at the end of each and every episode. And I appreciate so much that you take the time out to express your um, reactions and your support for the show. It helps us stand out on the platform. It really helps give us uh, a great profile. I, I cannot even begin to thank you enough. And I do, I just thank you so much. And, and I'm just telling you right now, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. And I love reading all of the different, uh, all of the different ways, uh, that you guys have uh, have shared for me uh, today. We've got one from from Shannon Wendlick five one zero. Shannon Wendlick. It says, "Great dive into comics, love, and history." Thank you for the five stars, Shannon Wendlick five one zero. You write, it is great hearing stories of comics past. I have collected since the late 1970s as a kid, and I am reminded of so many aspects of the hobby I have forgotten or never really understood the full depths of the stories from back then. Rob's real love and passion for comics is contagious. I am amazed by his Rain Man ability. <laughs> Rain Man ability to remember places he bought specific issues from back then. Okay, now it's time to drop. Let's drop the toothpicks on the floor, and, and, I'll, and I'll see if I can count them all. Okay, just like Rain Man in one of a contest. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna come up short. I don't have that ability. But I certainly do appreciate your sharing your very generous view of the show. And look, my passion is real. It is contagious. It is comic books are uh, along with my family the true love of my life. They have been there for me, comforted me. They give me so much enjoyment. They they elevate me. And 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 uh, I just I just enjoy so much sharing uh, my love of comics with you. And I'm so glad that. Uh, it, it inspires uh, good feels within yourself. And, and just thank you for sharing that, Shannon. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Again, you guys leave those 
uh, reviews, those positive notices on the platforms. Apple is, is a great one, and we read them here. I read them here at the end of each and every show. If you haven't caught me on social media, I am on Twitter as Robert Liefeld, the full name, Robert Liefeld. I used to boast, oh man, I got a blue check, but it looks like everyone does. So just Robert Liefeld. Uh, it used to be a way to verify that you were talking to a real person. We're in a really weird space now. I'm still all over Twitter. I still love it. It hasn't gone weird for me. I read somebody today say, Twitter's getting too weird for me. My Twitter feed has stayed the same the last several weeks. So catch me there. I love talking to you guys. I Every morning, I'm talking to somebody I never met before, but I'm doing it through Twitter. And some of you who I've met through a different platform, I'm getting to know you better because of all of our shares and our um, back and forth on Twitter. So catch me on Twitter at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. Over on Instagram, I'm Rob Liefeld. I'm just Rob Liefeld. Again, I got the blue check. I'm not sure if that's a verification thing anymore, but it shows you that it's really me and not some guy who's going to ask you uh, for money or to donate to some weird cause. That's what phony accounts do and they'll DM you. It's crazy. But I am Rob Liefeld on Instagram. I love reading your comments, your messages, uh, your DMs. Uh, Instagram is more of where I just kind of share my real world diary of what I'm doing, what I've done, uh, past books. It's like a weird, like Rob Liefeld super super overshare it's a rob liefeld super overshare and i'm happy to do it with you (laughs) and if you want to follow me on instagram and i invite you to follow me on instagram i am at rob liefeld over there Uh, i am on an app called whatnot it is just an incredible uh collectible app where you can find trading cards uh you know game cards uh role-playing cards you can find sneakers kicks uh you, you can sports apparel. They're getting more into fashion apparel, watches. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. But I'm over there in the comic book collectible toys and, and Funko Pop uh, realm. I am Rob Liefeld on Whatnot, and I do streams twice a week. Sometimes it's Wednesdays and Saturdays. Sometimes it's Wednesdays and Fridays. You'll get a notification if you follow me. If you download the app and follow me, uh, you'll see I am one of many uh, different rooms selling cool comics. And my specialty is exclusives, variants, most of the stuff that I've worked on. We've gotten a number of different whatnot variants. You've got to catch me on the stream to get. I have a Deadpool, New Mutants 98 facsimile variant right now. We have two of them, one in the X-Force cover, one in the red cover. Uh, I did a Spider-Man New Mutants 98 kind of homage for them recently. We have a Brigade Remastered. Uh, whatnot exclusive variant you can only get these things from my stream i i am not putting them up for sale in any other way you won't find that deadpool or spider-man on the internet you have to be on the whatnot live streams if you get it you're going to enjoy it because there are going to be so many different stores that that uh that, that pick up your curiosity in uh in addition to mine and i sincerely hope you will get the app and uh find me on whatnot and join me for one of my live live streams sometimes they go Four hours, and I talk the entire time, like I do this podcast. And there are people who tell me during the podcast that 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 you know they, they find this on par with the podcast. I'm a little a little more unhinged, but that comes with the territory trying to hold your attention for up to four hours. Sometimes I'm a little loopy, and it shows. But be part of the fun and join us over on whatnot Facebook. We have a group. It's called Rob Liefeld, an extreme group. Rob Liefeld, an extreme group, and we are an extreme group. And the way that you know you're in the right Rob Liefeld group is it's either myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. We are b- both the administrators of the site. We will click you through onto the other side. We have drawing contests. We share, you know, not only the stuff that I created in all its different, you know, various forms, but also just 
You know, like Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe is 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 stuff that we talk about over there because I did Snake Eyes and I did G.I. Joe and I did the Avengers and Fantastic Four. And uh, re- I've done the, the the great patriotic, you know, triumvirate of Captain America, The Shield and Fighting American. And I'd love for you to join us over at Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group. Click on over, uh, hit join and we'll click you on through to the other side. Oh man, I hope you guys have had a great week. I, I, I hope that whatever's ahead for you is uh, positive. And that you can do it with a full heart, full mind. That that and 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 one of the ways to get there is fulfilling yourself. Get those comics off the shelf that you bought at the comic store three weeks ago, and you haven't had time to read, and you haven't had time to peruse. I do that myself, and then I'm like, why didn't I look at these earlier? Why didn't I check these out? They're so inspiring. And watch a show that you've had building up. You know, my wife and I, we had kind of been putting off a show that we really liked, and because uh, we we weren't in necessarily in love with like its fourth season, but man. We had let six episodes bank up and then we watched it and we couldn't believe the show The show was back on form and it was just, you know, my it, it inspired so many discussions with my wife, with my friends, you know, creative storytelling can do that to us. It can inspire us and, and that's what I'm talking about. Play with a great toy. Get, get your favorite doll out. I'll have my doll uh, and, and I'll be playing with it too. I, I, I need to go build a new sandbox, but you get the picture. Also, I am a big advocate of junk food. Uh, not every day, but you, you pick your poison, you pick your, pick your, you know, time and day to have that ding dong, that Twinkie, that ice cream, that, that chocolate chip cookie. Um, oh my gosh, keep me away from the crumble establishments. They're building them. They're walling me in. There's one on every corner and where I live, crumble wants me to have their, um, you know, 10,000 calorie cookies and I, and I want to eat them all. Uh, and if I do, I'll eat them uh, on, on the park bench outside of their establishment, reading a comic book. And I will have fulfilled exactly what I'm telling you to do, which is feed yourself spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically, have a good time. That's that's the bottom line. I make a big point of just saying, have a good time, relax, let your hair down, uh, read a good book, inspire, get inspired, and inspire others along the way. I'm rooting for you. I hope you guys are doing great. Uh, I, I I look forward to seeing you uh, again, to, to, to sitting down and sharing uh, more crazy talk. Swing on by. I will be here. And you know what I say. We will most definitely, absolutely, definitively talk again real soon. Thank you.